All right, guys. Uh, welcome back to another episode of a uh, hundred books a year with Kevin. Uh, today is the day, guys. Uh, we finished our book today, uh, the Seven Power. It's been a long journey uh, since the vacation. Um, so today, let's talk about the last power, right? The seventh power is called process power. Um, let's start off saying this, right? Process power is very, very rare, um, and it's really hard to explain, kind of. How do we mean by process power? So we're, so we're gonna use a Toyota example and we're gonna do our best, okay? So there is this thing in the car manufacturer system called the TPS, okay? It's called the Toyota production system. So what it is, it is a continuous movement or a process that Toyota has developed uh, ever since the 1950s, um, I think they either started in the 1950s or 1960s, somewhere in there. So what has happened was uh, in the 50s and the 60s, um, E.G. Toyota, who is the managing director of the overall car company, they're actually behind, right? So this is like after the World War II, and then they're just um, really need some directions with car manufacturing. So they visit a GM plant here in uh, Detroit, in the uh, Michigan uh, for, uh, for actually Ford and for GM. Now, EG was impressed by the manufacturer power of the USA, right? He was actually impressed about the amount of uh, production that we can handle with uh, certain car factories. Now, Ford was doing one thing that uh, EG figured, and uh, that's probably not very e efficient, is that uh, Ford was holding a lot of inventory for manufacturing ir irregulars, meaning that they would not ship 100% of the car that they made that it got off the conveyor belt. They actually hold a few cars. I don't know exactly how much, but they would hold some cars for inventory uh, for manufacturing irregulars, for the uh, special events that happen with manufacturing. Now, EJ feel like that is a waste of money, right? Because if you hold enough cars, then if this year's car uh, has been out of touch, right? Or has been out of uh, season, right? Like the 2021 cars, um, you if you cannot sell them at full price, then you took a loss at inventory, right? If you can't really sell it at, um, at all. So EJ feel like there's a more efficient pathway to car manufacturing, right? So... He went back to Japan and he started a Toyota pro, uh, production service, right? Or the production systems. And then it is still in power right now, right? And they are, they are still being, uh, re, being refined and being uh, looked after uh, all seven years later. So this is kind of how um, Toyota gets the brand value of quality and robust car. This is exactly why is the Toyota production system. And um, they start off in the first 20 years or so, maybe from the 50s to the 70s and 80s, they are catching up to GM. They haven't passed GM yet, right? And then GM was, no, was noticing uh, Toyota is on the uprise. So what happened was, was... GM was doing the same thing. Um, they came up with a production center called Numi, um, N-U-M-M-I, Numi, Num, Numi. Um, and 
what had happened was they were trying to go to Japan and see how how is uh, Toyota is uh, building their their uh, car too, and then they kind of replicated uh, in the 1970s and 80s, and then uh, the GM actually extended a uh, joint work offer, right? Having GM uh, en- um, uh, engineers to train in Japan, and then Toyota actually accepted that, right? And you're like, that's weird. Um, the reason is, is um, if you are ever really into uh, sushi uh chef right the uh, documentary or uh, maybe american barbecue i um, i i think belong into that same category in a sense that um where you're actually thinking about this huh okay uh you can copy my recipe but you're not gonna get the timing right where you're making sushi or you're making you know um barbecue in a sense right so Toyota, I feel like that's what they're thinking. They're like, yeah, have at it, right? We can train your people. That's not a problem. But the problem is, is the new me system did not work for GM. GM thought they just copied TPS, right? The Toyota production system. No, 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 no. They just did not do that, right? They're just doing the thing that they're doing in the um, on the surface, but they don't understand why Toyota has this uh, in place, right? Um. For example, like there is this famous uh, TPS uh, question system called the seven answers, right? It's like you ask seven why question uh, from the surface level that you know exactly what's causing that problem. And here's the thing, right? Is that what GM doesn't really realize is the manufacturing techniques, what they're doing on the surface, right? How they're sorting their material, how are they uh, manufacturing the item? It's really just... Um, the manifest, um, uh, like a manifest, uh, I cannot talk right now, a manifestation of more of a complex system, right? You just cannot really get to know the Toyota production system with a couple of months of training, sending somebody to Japan. So th- this is the point of um, process power is, you really have to take a long time to really get good at it, right? In this case, 70 years. Um, the process benefit is the company with process power is able to improve the product attributes and lower costs as a result of the process improvement within the organization, right? So definitely, if you can do the process power well, you're going to reduce costs. It might take a long time, right? And then you're going to improve their quality as well. For Toyota, it took about 70 years, and they're still working on it nonstop. And they they really don't care, you know, like how new employees come and the old employees retires, right? Like they just want this to be a, con- a, continuous, cult- a continuous work culture, then in the sense that whoever leaves will, like, you know, like pass on their knowledge to their new recruits. So the power barrier in this particular case for process power is the car making process is very, very complicated, right? It's a complexity that is, you know, like acting as a barrier for other people to try to, to replicate it, right? GM has tried but failed. I think uh, GM now has a, you know, uh, uh, has a, you know, a smaller market cap compared to Toyota right now. Um, and then there is another thing called, op- called uh, opacity, right? Uh, O-P-A-C-I-T-Y or uh, opacity. So what that means is the TPS process is actually getting developed from ground up, from bottom up, right? Decades of trial and error. You just cannot really 
move it and replicate it in the U.S. right often, right? And like uh, like we talk about, TPS took about 15 or 20 years uh, before they can actually transfer it to the suppliers, right? They have to really, really perfect it um, in Japan in that one factory before they can actually have their supplier to do the same thing. So very, very hard to replicate, very, very uh, difficult to replicate, and very, very hard to actually get it from a philosophical perspective. You really need to learn the whole shebang, right? So that is what, what we're talking about for the last seven powers. I think, right, just to refresh, uh, business strategy needs to serve as a real-time compass for companies and in different uh, situations or different stages. I truly believe that. And if we use the seven powers as a model, and then you see what you're working towards, then you see what kind of a power that I, that, uh, I have right now, uh, you can literally use this to grade yourself within different categories or within different scenarios or uh, market conditions. And you can kind of grade your company or grade the future of this company whenever you're doing this in that way. All right, guys, um, that's it. That is our last episode today on the Seven Powers book. Uh, thank you for listening. Subscribe, share it with your friends. And uh, tomorrow we're going to talk about a new book. Thank you.